Good evening. It's good to see everyone here this evening. If you are visiting with us, uh, there's a reason for kind of a little chaos at the beginning and a whole bunch of teenagers wearing long sleeve shirts in the middle of summer. Uh, this past week was teen camp, and it, in tradition, uh, we always take the Sunday after we return uh, to spend some time talking about what we learned. And when I say we, it isn't me. Uh, I'm going to sit down in just a second, and some incredible young men are going to lead prayers and lead scriptures and lead devotionals uh, that centered around what they learned and what they got out of this last week. Uh, it is it's funny uh, because everyone kind of comes at me as if I need to be included on a prayer list somewhere, uh, you know, as if, oh, Jim, oh, what have you done, and oh, Jim, and the fact of the matter is, I probably do, uh, because I sign up for it, but it is one of the greatest blessings that I have ever had a chance to be a part of here at Northside. Um, it, it's interesting, uh, you, you, as you watch something spectacular happen. And then you sit back and you go, well, it's spectacular, but it's not like it should be a shock. We've got a wonderful group of teens. We went up there with five dozen beautiful souls. We went up there with some adults, some phenomenal adults, gifted with the ability to, to talk, to share, to love, to laugh. We were up in a setting that was just flat-out amazing, a whole lot different than the weather here, and the view was completely different. We were away from things. We were set apart, physically at least anyways, which made it a whole lot easier than to set apart spiritually. The theme this week, this past week, was gravity. And we looked at just the, the various things that tug on us, good and bad. And we learned what God's word has to say about those things. We challenged ourselves. We challenged each other. We got to know each other better. And so for the next 45 minutes or whatever it turns out to be, plus a, and then we're going to share that with you. They're going to share it with you in their words from their perspective. And when it's finished, we will have a, kind of that video montage that we always do. And just understand, you know, like much of, of God's word, uh, the video won't do it justice. The picture's just, it's a picture. And I tell you that because it was a spectacular week as an awesome God did spectacular things in the hearts of some spectacular young people. Uh, and it's good to thank you all for your support. I always know as we go up there, one of the things that I look forward to is just sort of getting on the bus, because at that point in time, it's over and it's done with, right? Whatever we've forgotten, including, as it turns out this year, the key to our house, uh, whatever you know is going to happen is going to happen. We've got what we've got. And so I kind of look forward to that to decompress moment. But what I'm starting to realize is I really can't open up Netflix and binge just yet. Because sometime between about 10.05 and 
my data plan just explodes. And that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. To know that you all are praying for these people is what also makes this spectacular. Knowing that while they're up there and God is talking to them as adults try to stay out of the way, you're talking to God about them. That's what makes that week spectacular. Thank you very much. I also am grateful to the elders and the leadership that says this is our tradition and we will do it and we will do it well. I'm grateful for members, anonymous and otherwise, that have come up to me and said, allow me, allow our family to sponsor somebody. That is a beautiful thing. So tonight, while it will be led by the teens, this is our teen camp, all of us here. And for that, I'm truly grateful. Let's worship God and learn more about a fantastic week. Break my heart, dear Lord, tear the barriers down, show me in convicting tears the glory of your crown. My heart is hard. My soul so weak The ways of evil cut so deep I need you, Lord To come inside And gently break My heart My sin is great But I can see the glory set for me. Show me, Father, where to start and gently break my heart. My heart is hard, my soul so weak. so deep, I need you, Lord, to come inside and gently break my heart. Will you all bow with me? Dear God, uh, thank you for this day and uh, thank you for the amazing week we had in Colorado to get closer to you. Um, I would like to thank you for Jim and Anita for making this week happen and our awesome interns for making the summer so much fun. Thank you for sending your son on the cross to die for our sins. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, we'll be reading from James 4, James chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. What causes quarrel? And what causes fights among you? 
It is not this that your passions are not at war within you. Oh. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Let's pray, please. Thank you, Lord, so much for the awesome and splendid week we've had today at King Camp and how you've helped us so much together, not just be close friends, but to strengthen us as brother and sisters in Christ. And Lord, I just hope that it's just not for this week, Lord, but it's just for all year that we stay closer together in you and just strengthen our ties for brothers and sisters in Christ. Because even though the world and the school and the society we, we live in might not accept us, Lord, um, uh, we have you and you have us and that's most importantly because you love us and when we're together the devil cannot ever ever separate us apart and I thank you for the wonderful week you've had for us and just thank you that you're our God and Jesus Christ we pray amen Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but Set free.
chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Good evening. Uh, My name is Austin Campbell. I'm going into my senior year at Heights High School, and my parents are Luke and Jennifer. I'm sure that all of you know at this point, uh, the youth group just returned from a mountaintop experience, quite literally. The mountains in Colorado at Camp Eden are the most beautiful place that I've ever seen. Wildlife, clear skies, huge mountains, the occasional wild seventh grader running around. It's a great place to spend a whole week. So, the theme this week was gravity, and more importantly, the gravity of God versus the gravity, gravity of worldly desires. Uh, so every day we had one or two different types of spiritual gravity to study. Phil Brookman, the minister at, at uh, Memorial Road Church of Christ in Edmond, Oklahoma, and his family came to camp this year, and he spoke to us every day on these different types of gravity. So Sunday night when we got there, it was titled The War Within. It came out of James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. It talked about the fight for your soul, good versus evil, and fighting things you desire versus what God desires for you. Monday morning was called Beginning with the End. It was passages coming from Daniel chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 18. It talked about how worldly idols will fall, but heaven will stand forever. Uh, It talked about today's kingdoms, which aren't just actual kingdoms like they were in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, but um, more things like what you could possibly worship over God, money, popularity, beauty, anything. And it talked about how today's kingdoms will fall, and they are tomorrow's dust. Monday night was the, the, the reality of gravity. Uh, it talked about forces pulling at you. It came out of 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. It reads this. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. It's just talked about how Satan is pulling at you and putting these desires in your path to pull you away from God. Tuesday was all about the gravity of relationships. Uh, talked about friend choices and peer pressure. And one thing that stuck with most of us, I think, was he said, Phil said, to strengthen bonds with your good friends and strengthen your boundaries with your bad friends. Wednesday was all about technology's gravity, and this one hit us hard, because at the beginning of the week, Jim took all of our phones. We had nothing. It's like back in the days of my parents. So we talked all about how this chemical in your brain called dopamine, it's what happens, it's produced when something good in your life happens. So when you eat good food, it produces dopamine. When you win something, it produces dopamine. When your favorite sports team scores a touchdown, dopamine. We talked about how companies use an algorithm that uh, basically teaches your brain when you need this dopamine and it provides the dopamine through a game. keeps you on the screen longer. We talked about how you need to use your phone, but don't let your phone use you. Thursday morning was the gravity of lust. Um, It came out of Matthew chapter 5, verses 28 and 30. It reads this. But I tell you that if anyone looks at a woman lustfully, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to go to hell. Thursday night was a big one for a lot of us also. It was called the gravity of grace. We stayed mostly in Romans chapter 7 and 8 and talked about how God is for you. Friday night, the last night we were there, was how to stay in God's gravity. It came out of Luke 6, verse 40. talked about how transformation requires training. Now, all of these were amazing lessons, don't get me wrong, and we all learned a lot from all of them. But I want to go back to Thursday night's lesson, the gravity of grace. The first thing that Phil said was that evil is in every person's heart, no matter who you are. Romans 7.21 says this, So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. We all want to do the good that we know God wants us to do. But sometimes we just can't fight the evil. It's just simple human nature. So we were all looking for the answer. He asked us, who is it who's going to save us from this evil? And the answer was simple. It's Jesus. Romans 8, verse 1 and 2, just like Garrett just read. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the laws of sin and death. There is no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ. God did what the law couldn't, because he's the one who sent his son to die for us. The law couldn't do that. Only God could do that. Jesus took our sin and said, let me be condemned, so you don't have to be. Then Phil said this, if God is for us, Who can be against us? Jesus is at the right hand of God, interceding for all of us every day. Phil made this analogy. Picture a courtroom with God, the judge, up on his throne. Satan in Greek means the accuser. So obviously, he's the accuser. So picture Satan standing there before God with a list. And it's one of those lists from the cartoons, like a scroll. He opens it up, it rolls down, hits the floor, rolls back behind him. That's our sin. Nothing anyone can do about it. It's that long for everyone. Everyone has that much sin. And see, Satan would be like, look, God, this is what this person's done all through his life. Look at this and this and this. Why should you let him into heaven? And now Jesus, who is defending us, 
he wouldn't have a counter-argument as a traditional approach. He wouldn't be like, well, yes, he's done these bad things, but look at all these good things that he's done. He wouldn't ask for witnesses and be like, tell me all the good things that he's done. He would simply walk up, hold up his hands, and say, all of them are paid for. What else do you have? Because they're all paid for. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is Jesus. His, Phil's final point was to live comfortably. And that's what I took from this week. He talked about how snowboarder Sean White was in the Olympics. And he had already won the gold medal in his first run. Everyone has two runs on the half pipe in snowboarding. His first one already won him the gold medal. So he could have slid down on his belly if he wanted to and still won. But instead, he chose to go and do a trick that no one had ever done in the Olympics before, and he did it perfectly. Talked about live confidently, live boldly, because Jesus already won the battle for me. I have nothing to be afraid of. Jesus did it for me. There's one thing that I want to leave you with tonight. It's this. God is for you. I think I made it up there faster than my dad. (laughs) Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for allowing us to come here and be able to worship you and tell others about the mountaintop experience that you provided us, Lord. We wouldn't be able to go up there without you. And it was just an amazing experience, and we're grateful that we can share that with others. Help the remainder, remainder, thank you for what Austin said, and be with the others who are giving devos, help them to do well. Be with us as we go back out into the world and Forgive us of all our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. The scripture reading today will be from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So as, you, as you've already heard from this week, the theme was gravity. Austin gave a great job of giving a summary of the whole week and kind of what it was about. The different themes for the week were the war within, reality about gravity, uh, the gravity of relationships, the gravity of technology, gravity of lust, gravity of grace, and staying in the gravity of God. But to me, one of the main things from this week that was never even addressed in an overall topic was something that I found underlying in a lot of the things that were said this week. And that's what I like to call the gravity of the church. So I think that there are three overall purposes that the church fulfills when it comes to what kind of things that we are meant to do. The first is relationships. I know that I would not be the person I am today without the relationships that I formed in that youth group. Whether it was me getting toughened up as a seventh grader for my first time at teen camp, Or it's the relationships that will last me a lifetime of those in my class and even those younger than me. And even in the church, I know that just within my prayer pal, just knowing that somebody was always praying for me. I'll pull a Toby here, shameless plug. If you haven't filled out your forms, please go fill out your forms and turn them in at the green box. Because being a prayer pal is truly one of the best things that you can do as a part of this church. So right now I'm going to have somebody lead 
uh, bind us together, Lord. And I think that there's a couple of things that we can take from this song. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together, Lord, bind us together with love. There is only one God, there is only one King. together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together, Lord, bind us together with love. So I feel like from that song, there's kind of three main ideas that we can take away. The first is to strengthen our bonds. Now, Phil Brookman, the one that came in and talked to us out at camp from Memorial Road Church of Christ, he gave us this challenge, if you will, during our talk about the gravity of relationships. He told us to strengthen the bonds with the good friends and strengthen our barriers with those who would pull us away. I think this is very important, but I would hope that the relationships formed within a church are ones that we can grow stronger in. So... I think that it's important to grow stronger in these because these are the relationships that last. I think the second main thing that you can take away from this is to love one another. It's from that second line. Just bind us together with love. Love comes first. In fact, it's the greatest command. I mean, there's not only a whole chapter dedicated to it in 1 Corinthians 13. And then third is the reminder of being one body and one soul. Unity in the church is very important. Especially in a time where um, church splits are very present. And it's always very important to be reminded of this unity. The second main purpose of a church, in my eyes, is that of a sanctuary. And it's the refuge for those who are struggling. Now, I'm not going to lie, I got this idea out of Emily Nelson's senior talk. The idea of that church being a sanctuary for those who are struggling. And so, I think I'm going to have Gideon lead Sanctuary, and we're going to draw some main points from that one, too. Oh, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. It was you, Lord, who sent the Savior, heart and soul, Lord, to every man. It is you. Who knows my weakness? 
You refine me with your own hand. Lead me, O Lord, through temptation. You refine me from within. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and take over my sin away. O Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary for you. I love the idea that this song represents. I think too often we get this false image of a sanctuary in our head. When you hear sanctuary, sometimes you think of like an island resort, a place where it's quiet and there's no kids. But that's just simply not true. This song gives a great representation of it. It's not the island vacation. It's not the quiet place. But it's the protected cave in the middle of the storm. It's the place that you have peace knowing that you're safe. The place that you can be knowing that everything, even though everything is going to pot around you, that you're still good to go. Um, The next thing to draw from this is that the last verse that is sometimes in there, and it goes like this, Lord, teach your children to stop their fighting, start uniting. And I love that because no matter how teen camp goes, there's always some disagreements. Starting off the week, it's whether or not to give your phone up to Jim as he holds out the bucket. A little bit farther down, whether or not we should actually go on the big hike. Because some people just don't really enjoy it and some people love it. Or the next thing, is just like the slight disagreements that some of the morning praise leaders have. And like, no, you should lead this song. No, you should lead this song. I don't know that song. So although they are minor, they still give you kind of a perspective on kind of the disagreements that sometimes even us as a church have. And the final, third and final, and maybe most important, purpose that the church serves is as a victory celebration. Too often, at a church like this, we get caught up in the do-nots. The do not do this, do not do that, or you're going to there. Or do this, do that, and you're going to there. But that's simply also not what the Bible says. As it was said in Romans 8 about how there is no, now, therefore now no condemnation. So now I'm going to have Gideon lead victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning and his blood atoning, and I repented of my sins and won the victory. Savior forever. He sought me 
I love this song because it just in like one of the first lines it says, Our Savior forever. I think sometimes I think what we forget that as soon as we're baptized and we live with the Lord, that we've already won. It's not, I mean, as Austin put in the lawyer scene, Jesus is our lawyer. There's no, I would hate to be the accuser. Because, I mean, just, what are you going to say? You have no ground to stand on. So, now we are charged, as Austin said, to live like we have nothing to hold back. Like we have nothing to lose. So, if you are looking for your victory in Jesus today, or you are looking for someone to talk to, please come forward as we stand and sing. Um, at this time, if you missed communion this morning, it is prepared for you back out the two middle doors and to the left. Love one another, for love is of God. He God is love.